Kiddushin Dev Tetzayin Amud Aleph. I cannot forgive what was done to me. Shichru Shtar Lamali. We have a gift from the Rebbeinu Shalom today, right? As we get ourselves into Elul, being preparing for the Yamim Noraim that are coming, we learn in this Gemara an important principle that can change the outcomes of the Yamim Noraim for us. Uh, there are a number of principles, and, and the principles of Teshuvah uh, change in different times. It depends what's going on in the world, it depends what's going on in our lives. And, and this year I, I hope to teach some of the principles of Teshuvah that are specific for this era, for this period, uh, over the time that we have together on the Slichus night, and then Shabbat Shuvah, and then in Shul during uh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. To, to learn some of the principles that make a difference to the outcome we expect from, from Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And the principle today revolves around the fact that I can only forgive what I have ownership over. If you did wrong to Shimon, I can't forgive you for what you did to Shimon. Shimon is the owner of that. He has to forgive you. I can only forgive you for what you did to me. But even what you did for me, I can only forgive you for part of it. There's part of what you did to me that I, I'm not the owner of, I can't forgive you for. So, so what do we do with the Ben Adam Lechavro when we've done things to other people, as all of us have, intentionally or unintentionally, we've harmed other people. So we go before and we say, oh, you mochel me, oh, you mochel me, and uh, do, do you forgive me for what I've done? And uh, you know, most people say yes, and, and we feel okay about that. But there's only a portion of it that the individual has the authority to forgive, to forgive us for. What do we do with the peace that they don't forgive us for, that they can't forgive us for? And we're going to learn from, from our Gemara, which starts dealing with the, the laws of Avadim, the laws of slaves. So on, from Daf Yudal Bet, we get into Hilchot Avadim. Uh, and why is Hilchot Avadim here in Kiddushin? Uh, this very, very clearly describes the difference between the way the Gemara is structured and the way, for example, the Rambam structures. And you, and you understand the difference in structure. The Gemara is structured. Why does the Gemara put Avadim in Kiddushin? There's no connection between slaves and women. But in our minds, there's a connection. And you hear people saying, often when laws of marriage are discussed, is a, is a, you think your wife is your slave? Is a wife a slave? All of a sudden, our minds are connecting issued with, with Avdut. Although there's no conceptual connection at all, the Gemara follows a system of, of stream of consciousness. The Gemara is structured the way the mind works. It flows from one thing to another, and that's how the Gemara is very fluid, and it, and it deviates, and it takes a detour, and then it comes back again. The same way our minds work. You just let your mind go. That's what your mind is doing all the time. So the Gemara is, is if your mind mapped to the Gemara, it would make a lot of sense. You would understand the flow of the Gemara. It's not conceptually classified, like the Rambam does. The Rambam doesn't put the laws of marriage and slavery, Ishut and Avdut, he doesn't put them next to each other. They're very far from one another. Ishut is in the Kid Kedushin is in the laws of Ishut, in the laws of relationship. And Avodim, slaves, is in the law of Kinyan, the laws of transaction. Because as we've learned, Kedushin is about investing in somebody you love. Avdus is about transacting with somebody you for, 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 for labor. It's a, it's, a, it's a labor transaction. That's all it is. So the Ramam has a section called Kinyan, which is transactions. That's where Avadim is. The Ramam has a section on relationships called Ishut. That's where, that's where and, and Nashim, that's where, the, um, uh, that's where Kiddushin is. But not so in the Gemara. The Gemara freely moves from 
Kiddushin to, to Avdut, because the same as in Kiddushin, we have, this also makes it easier for people to remember Gemara. Don't forget, Mishnah and Gemara was structured to make it easier to remember. Kiddushin starts with Aisha, Niknet, Bishlosha, Drochim, the three ways that a woman can acquire herself, the Kesef, Bishtar, And here we have also a, a Brysa on Daf Tesai and Amadala for Koneh, that's my Bekesef, or Vashave Kesef. A woman is uh, acquired, a slave is acquired with money and with Shtar, and he can acquire himself. The same kind of structure as uh, as we have with Kiddushin, but not because there's a con- conceptual connection. So the Gemara on Daft Zayin and Aleph asks, why do you need a star? If the star is like a check, you're writing out a thousand dollars or half a million dollars or whatever it is, and you're writing it out and you're giving it to the slave or to the owner of the slave, then that's kesef. That's just another form of money. What do we mean by star? Star must mean that you're right, that you actually write a uh, 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 so we're talking about not not acquiring the slave here, sorry, about the releasing of the slave. So that's a shtar shichrur. It's not that I'm, uh, the, the slave is giving me a check for a certain amount of money to buy his freedom. What What's happening is I'm giving the slave a shtar shichrur, a document that de- declares his freedom. Very similar to a get. The husband gives the wife the get, not the wife gives the husband. The husband gives the wife a get that declares her detachment from him. So here, a get shikru, we even use the same word. A get shikru is a document that articulates the detachment of the slave from the owner. Ask the Gemara, why do I need a shtar? Why can he simply not say in front of two people or in front of a Bezdin, zil, go, I don't need anything more from you. Why can't you just fire him? If you're the same as you can fire an employee and say, you may go, I don't need anything more from you, it's overs. You don't have to have a get shikru, you don't have to write a document. Yes, for evidence, maybe for, 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 for legislation, for, for issues around litigation, maybe we, we write it down, that's a record of the event. But the act of firing somebody is oral, you just tell somebody it's over. So why with an evidence also can the, can the adon not say, You've worked for me for two years. Our contract was for six years. I'm Michael the other four years. I don't need any. You've been a wonderful slave for two years. Go, go and take your freedom. I don't need anything more from you. And the slave says, do, do you want me to pay you for the other four years? The Giraon Kesef that the Torah says you have to pay if you want to buy your freedom before the six years is up. You've got to pay Giraon. No, says the, the, the Bailim, I don't need you to pay. I am Moichel. I forgo. I forgive your payment. You don't need to pay me. Why can't you do that? In every case where somebody owes you money, you're entitled to be Moichel. Somebody owes you $1,000, you can say, I'm Mochel, I, I forgot, I don't need it, you don't have to pay. Somebody owes you rent, somebody owes you a debt, so whatever it is, somebody owes you for damages. If a person owes you money, you are free to be Mochel. Ask the Gemara, why can the Bailim not be Mochel the Giraon? Why can he not forgo what is left for the slave to work or pay? And just say, I don't need your work, I don't need your pay, over. Why does he have to write and get Shikhru? Says the Gemara from there, says Rava, Zoto Meret, what do you see from here? Eved Ivri Gufo Kanui. In a, a, a Jewish slave, even a Jewish slave only works for six years. Gufo kanoi. There is a Kenyan haguf. The owner owns the body of the slave in some form. And therefore, harav shemachal al-girono in girono machu. Therefore, if the owner forgoes the, the payment of the balance of the contract, it's not machul. It's not, it's, it, it is not, it, it doesn't take effect. Says Rashi, and you, if he changes his mind later on, says, you know what, last week I said you can go free, I've changed my mind, you come back to work. He can do that, says Rashi, because it doesn't work. You can't be mochel, you, you cannot forgo 
a, a giraon kesef. That's not going to work at all. Why not? There's a beautiful Ramban. The Ramban explains because very similar to the Rebbechonen that we did on Daf Yud Gimel uh, with relationship to a woman, the Ramban actually innovates the very idea that Rebbechonen develops on Daf Yud Gimel. And that is that in a slave there are two kinyanim. There is a kinyan kesef, I'm buying labor. But there's also a kinyan aguf, meaning the initiation of our relationship of slavery. Here we're talking first about an Evid Knani, a Canaanite slave. The, in, the initiation of this relationship not only obligates you to work for me, but it also has certain halachot. You become obligated in certain mitzvot and not in other mitzvot. Uh, th- th- there are various things that begin, to, uh, that begin to apply to you. And therefore, there's a change in status. When, when, when this avdut starts. So the two things are happening. There's a contract for labor that I'm purchasing and there's a sta- change in status that I'm initiating. Likewise, extends the Ramban, and this is a, a massive Kiddush, but this is how he explains the concept. Likewise, even an Evid Ivri, even a Jewish slave where I'm buying the labor for a specific period, I'm buying a contract. It's like a, like a basketball player. The team buys his work for a certain number of teams. Basketball players are, are avodim. Based on Hilchot Avodim, they're Avodim. They forward sell their labor for a period of time. During that time, they're owned by the team. And the team can trade them, buy and sell them. It's old-fashioned slavery. They thought that they, in America, they thought that they gave slavery up 200 years ago. But it's still alive and well in the field of sports. Um, and and so, so he's, the one thing that happens is the slavery, there's the work. A man, an Evid Ivory, sells his labor for a certain number of years. But in addition to that, there's a change in status. He, he's allowed to, the, the owner can give him a shifcha knanit, a non-Jewish servant girl, to breed the slaves. He's allowed to do that. A normal Jewish person isn't allowed to do that, so his status changes. Uh, there are certain laws that change, and in that way, says the Ramban, just as with an Evid Knani, there are two Kinyanim. There is an, uh, the initiation of a financial obligation, labor, and there's also a change in status, which is the Kinyan Aguf. And says the Ramban, you can't be mochel, I can't forego the change in status that I initiated, just as with a woman, the Ramban compares it, this, the Ramban compares to a wife. If I marry a wife, I'm a Kadesh wife, I can't fire her and just say you're free to go, because there's been a change in status, she's become an Eshet Ish with a whole lot of new halachot. So the Torah has to tell me how to change that relationship through the mechanism of a get. So in the case of an Evid, I can't just change the Evid status back to a free person. I can forgo the labor, but, but I can't even forgo the labor because the labor is a function of his status. I didn't buy the labor. I made him an Evid. And now that he's an Evid, there are a whole lot of laws that apply. One of the laws that apply to an Evid is he has to work for the boss. He has to work for the owner. I can't change that status just orally. I have to do what the Torah tells me to do, which is a get shichru. Just as in marriage, there's a get, which undoes the attachment. So I have to undo the attachment and change the status of the person back to an, a free person. And that can only be done by a get shichru. It cannot be done by oral foregoing and forgiving. And the Rashbor goes through a similar approach 
uh, but he asks an important question, which in fact leads the Ritvo. These were all one school of thought. The, the Ramban's Talmud was the Rashbo, and the Rashbo's Talmud was the Ritvo. And you see this thinking in this piece of Gomorrah. They take this all the way through explaining what Rashi means, that this financial obligation stems from a change in status, and that status cannot be changed back to the original merely by oral words. It needs a, a get shikhrur. What we learn from this, apart from the, the laws of, of Avdus itself that are so important over here, apart from that, we learn a, a really important principle. The principle is that we can only forgive financial obligations towards us. If you owe me money, I can say, I'm Michael. If there's something you did to me and I have a claim on you, I, I, you, I deserve an apology. I can be moichel. I can forgive and say, yeah, forget about it. I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I'm, I can forgo my claims on you. But I can't forgo the wrong that, that you might have done. So we see in, in, in Mishpatim, Mishpatim, all the laws of Ben Adam Chavero between one man and another. And Ve'eli Mishpatim, Rashi says right over there, The laws of Ben Adam Chavero, the interpersonal laws of the Torah, are not just rational laws that every society has. We have that too, as the, the Ran says in his Drashot, in Drash Yudalaf, a very important Drash of the Ran. Ran gave these this beautiful set of sermons and, they're, and they're, we, we have them all. And in, it's his whole philosophy of life and of Torah. And in Drash Yud Aleph, he speaks about the fact that our interpersonal laws are also ben adam lemakom. Everything that we do interpersonally because the whole of mishpatim are laws that were given to us on Sinai. And that's why Rashi says the Sanhedrin has to be placed next to the Mizbech. The Beis Hamikdash and the Mizbech is our ritualistic center. The, the based in is our legal center. The legal center and the ritual center have to be next to each other because it's part of one system. Our legal system is a system of Kedushah. It's a system of sanctity given to us by Hashem on Sinai. So says the run, apart from the fact that we have laws to one another that any civilized society will have, in our laws there's another dimension. There's a dimension of Ben Adam Lamakom of God to us. So if a person, if somebody does me wrong, based on, on, on the Ramban that we're learning, the Rashi, based on the Sugya, I can be moichel, I can forgive what you owe me if you simply owed me labor, if you were a basketball player and I'm the owner of the team, I could say to you, I'm moichel. I know I paid a lot of money for you for, for another three years. Yeah, forget it, go and play for who you want or retire, do what you want. I, I have no more claims on you. I can do that. But I can't change your status from a free person, from a slave to a free person. I can't do that without a get shikru, because I'm not the owner of that. You know, we have such an idea with the Melech as well. We learned about Pritzut the other day, and we said Pritzut was breaking the barrier between Rishut HaYachid and Rishut HaRabim. And yet a Melech is Poretz Geder. The, the Mishnah says a, merit, a king is allowed to break down barriers because a king doesn't have a Rishut HaYachid. A king doesn't have a private domain. A king belongs to the public. He is all public. That's what a king is. So there's no breaking barriers. And that's why, Melech Shemachal Kvodo Eno Machul. If a king forgoes his honor and says, you don't have to stand up for me when I walk in, you don't have to keep a seat for me up in the Mizrach of the Shul, don't worry about it. I'm a humble guy. It doesn't make a difference to me. He's not allowed to do that. We're not allowed to listen to him because he doesn't own his kavod. 
a, a father owns his kavod and he can be mochel, he can forego his honor to his son and say, you don't have to honor me. Even a rov can be mochel his kavod and say, you don't have to honor me, you don't have to stand up when I walk into the room. But a king can't do that because a king is not the owner of, the, of his kavod. And so... If God forbid you did something to harm me, I can say, look, I have no more claims on you. I've got no tainas on you. Forget it. But the fact that you harmed Etzelem Elohim, the fact that you undermined somebody who was created the image of Hashem, I can't forgive you for that. It's not mine to forgive. There's nothing I can do about that. The Hilchot Mechila don't apply to the Ben Adam Lamakom section of the Ben Adam Lechaveiro things we do to each other. The interpersonal things we do to each other have two components. There is an interpersonal component, but you've also damaged God. If we damage one another, we're damaging God. If we humiliate one another, we're humiliating God. If we undermine one another, we're undermining God. That we can't forgive you for. We can't forgive one another for that. That we have to turn to Hashem. And that's why the Rambam says, if you look at, at Be'ez in Hilchus Tshuva, the Rambam goes through the various different levels of Tshuva, and he says, a whole section of the Rambam, he says, that only applies between Ben Adam Lechavero, that you've got to cry about it and pray for it and daven and talk to people about it. Ben Adam Lamakom, things that you did that are just ritualistic Averot, not interpersonal Averot, that, that Tshuva you do in private. But you see from the Rambam that the other Tshuva, all the other things of Tshuva that we have to do are for Ben Adam Lamakom. It's not good enough just to go to somebody and say, hey, you know, I spoke to Loshan Hor about you once, I'm really sorry, do you forgive me? And now you think you're forgiven. You're only forgiven for the peace that that person is owner of. But you're not forgiven of having talked badly about a fellow human being. You're not forgiven about having humiliated the image of Hashem, the Tzelem Hashem. You're not forgiven for having contravened the laws that were given on Sinai. You're forgiven for the interpersonal laws that every society has. But you're not forgiven for the laws that were given on Sinai. For that, you need Hashem's forgiveness. So we have to be very careful that when we... Uh, and that's why you see in the Ashamdu Bagadnu, how, how much of the Ashamdu Bagadnu is interpersonal? Why aren't we just asking people for, for, for forgiveness? No, there's a whole section of that that people are not able to forgive us for because they do not own that. You can only be mochel that which you own. You can only forgive that, that which you own. So I cannot forgive what was done to me. If somebody did something to me, I can't forgive that. I can forgive what, I can, what, what tainas I have on you. I don't have any claims on you. Don't worry, I don't have claims on you. But to say, and therefore, what you did is forgiven, I'm not the balabas. I can't say that. Go and talk to the Rebbeinu for that. I can't, I can't say that. Because we can only forgive that over which we have ownership. We can forgive what others owe us, but we can't forgive what others have done to us. Only Hashem can do that. 